I won't be able to love them the way he wants me to. So we need to tap in to the source of love. I'm going to read a very familiar scripture to you, and I want you to think about yourself and today and this week. And actually, it might be helpful to think about somebody uh, that it might be hard to love. Don't mention any names. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now think about that person again and think about yourself. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Ooh, why did he have to put that one in there? It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It, love, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall be fully known. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. What does love look like? I'm going to share with you, you probably heard Gary Chapman's five love languages. Try these out on the people that are difficult to love today. Words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and giving gifts. If you're not going to see that person today, try those things on Monday. To keep the flow going, I give to God. God gives to me. I give God my time, my talents, and my finances. How does God want you to love others today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who we are in you. We thank you that we are your vessels of love, Lord. I pray that you will continue to work in our lives, challenge us, help us to grow, Lord, as we give into your kingdom, finances, time, and love. We thank you that uh, those gifts are blessed, and we are blessed and grow because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. We're on the same page. Name of this song, The Love of God. <laughs> If my math is right, uh, my siblings can correct me. Uh, my mom and dad would have been uh, 61 years today, I think. Anyway, I might be wrong, but 
their, their anniversary was today, and if you're trying to talk to me, I can't hear you anyway. So anyway. <laughs> but anyway, today is their anniversary. So in honor of them, I just wanted to sing this song, and I, I pray that you, would, that you can stand, you can sit. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest head. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. The every child he reconciled and pardoned from his Verse 3, guys. Could we with ink the ocean fill or were the sky of parchment made were every star
This is one of Dad's favorite songs. There is a river flows from deep within, flows from deep within. There is a fountain that cleanses from all sin, that cleanses from all sin. Come to the fountain. Come to the water. There is a vast supply. Jesus is, Jesus is that river that never shall run dry. Jesus is that river that flows from deep. Is that fountain? Jesus is that fountain that cleanses from all sin. Come, come to the water, the water. There is a vast supply. There is a vast supply. is that river that never shall run dry. Wednesday night, uh, praying with our folks over here, um, I told them I have 15 sermons today, and um, so I picked one. <laughs> uh, I, I chose the topic of the conscience, and I want to uh, I want to start praying for our country, and I want to read a psalm that we that we read on Wednesday night, and I want you to. Um, this is David and what he went through and what uh, our country is going through is like nobody has ever seen in the history of time. I know you know that. But sin and trouble and wars and rumors of wars and but wouldn't a way to describe what's gone on in our country is we've just literally lost our conscience. We don't have any. So I don't have this uh, scripture up on the board, and I'll start there in just a few minutes. Um, but it's, uh, it's Psalm 64, and I'm just going to read it. And you'll just find so many things in here that is just amazing to me. Lord, you can't hear my cry. Can't you hear my cry? My bitter complaint. Keep me safe from the band of criminals and from conspiracy of wicked men. They gather in the secret council to destroy me. Can't you hear their slander, their lies? The words like poison-tipped arrows shot 
in the shadows. They are unafraid and have no fear of consequences. They have no conscience. They set their traps against us in secret. They strengthen one another saying, hey, nobody sees us. Nobody can stop us. There's nothing more than unruly mobs joining an unholy alliance, searching out new opportunities to pervert justice. Deceivers scheming together their ill-conceived plot as they plan the perfect crime. How unsearchable is the endless evils trying desperately to hide the deep darkness of their hearts. But all the while, God has his own fire-tipped arrows. Everybody said, hallelujah. Suddenly, without warning, they will be pierced and struck down, staggering backwards. They will be destroyed by the very ones they spoke against. Hallelujah. All who see this will view them with scorn. Then all will stand awestruck over what God has done. See how he vindicated the victims of the crimes. The lovers of God will be glad, rejoicing in the Lord, and they will be found in his glorious wraparound presence, singing songs of praise to God. Hallelujah. Ultimately, the underlying theme Andrew, if you're still in here, is the love of God. And where does that come from? That perfect, born-again spirit. But let's take a minute and let's, let's pray for our country. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I stand with my family and friends right now. God, I do thank you for my dad and my mom. I thank you for root systems Lord God, like my dad and my mom, how they started, and my, my wife's mom and dad also. I thank you that the righteous roots, Lord God, we can begin, and it all has to do with the love of God. It is the bond of perfection. It is that in us that does bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. God, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our country and the degradation that has happened in society and we lift our hearts and hands and we stand and believe that your fire-tipped arrows, Jesus, will come to pass and things will begin to click and come back. The foundations of our fathers, Jefferson and and Washington and, and those who believed in you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. So, um, I want to start with a couple of pictures. So that first one first, did you get it upright? There it is, he got it upright. So here's a tree. This is actually in Landis's yard. Some of you might have seen it. And go ahead and look at it for a couple minutes. It looks to me as if you could come up and go like this and it would be gone. 
And I want you to think about the frailty, possibly, of your life, brevity, some weaknesses that you might have, holes. <laughs> uh, a kid could stick his hand right in this tree. Say, what are you, what's the big deal about this tree? The big deal is going to be in the second picture. Here's the same tree. It's got a hundred apples on it. Maybe 90, maybe 80, but I, I counted over 80. I just think it's one of the most amazing <laughs> things that I've ever seen. Uh, so something is in the root system of this tree that said, I don't care what comes against me, I don't care what termite or whatever made that hole, or a woodpecker probably, right? Or you name it. Whatever come, comes against me, and this is it's the feeling that I feel today. It is my job to be a kicker and a pusher and, a, and, and to encourage people not to give up. I know that's what he's called me to do. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that even though the outside might not be looking perfect, or there might be holes, and of course Jesus can fix that trunk too, but I just think if we could zoom in, those, those apples are healthy, the leaves, I, it's just crazy to me. So let, let's move on to our topic, and I'm going to read mostly from, from up here. So I got seven partners to your conscience. That's where we're going today. Did you find it? Conscience plus holiness. So, um, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest hopefully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. not conformed, conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, be holy, be holy in all your contact, contact, conduct because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And what's interesting about this is that what he's had me is in the marketplace a great portion of this last 10 or 12 years. And I love it so much because most of the time, if I am holy and if I am someone who is a light, I don't talk about Jesus that much or shove it down their throat, but just about every time somebody needs a prayer, they say, Tim, will you pray for me? I've had that happen countless times. And I didn't even know they knew that I was a Christian. But that's the way that it's supposed to be. But anyway, the force or the base of this whole thing, let's go to the next verse here. God's highest glory is holiness. All the people said, but you know what? I don't think we understand what that means. 
And I don't think it's that, hey, I'm holy and you're not. It's, it's really not where we're going. It's about the love of God. Ultimately, when I stand in front of a congregation and people, my job is to say, you have a powerful gift. Are you using it? And at most of the time, the answer is no. People are held back by fears, by shame, by unforgiveness, by things. You say, you see, I can't have any fruit because you see this big hole in my tree? I'm no good. Uh, I'm not sure about that. One of the most powerful things that I've, I've ever seen is Vic, Nick Vujicic. No arms, no legs. His, his ministry is called Life Without Limbs. And he <clears throat> flops over to the side of the pool and does, with one flipper, he's... He does his exercise and swims. I'm not sure who gets him out of the pool, but I don't think he can get himself out. But anyway, he's amazing. His outer trunk doesn't look that good. There's not much there. There's no arms and no legs. But he travels around the world and he glorifies Jesus. His conscience rules. His spirit is the ruler. So number one, holiness. I think there might be one more. Yep, Romans 9 1. So why don't you say it with me? I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So then he goes on in that chapter, but, but the driving force is his conscience. Conscience is all over the New Testament. What is it? It's the voice of your spirit. When you're, uh, Andrew mentioned anger or fear or resentment or lust or greed or something in your life, the greater the clarity of the inward voice in my life, there will be no doubt, there will be no fear, there will be no anger or remorse or greed or selfishness. I will be listening to him and his spirit will rule. Let's go to number two. Conscience plus the Holy Spirit. Now understand, conscience plus the word, that's the ultimate. The word of God is without saying. But the Holy Spirit is, as some of you know, one of my most precious topics in the world. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, what? That we are the children of God. The Spirit himself bears witness with us. If you haven't heard the story, I, I know you've been around me long enough, but, but the reason the Holy Spirit is so precious to me is because I had a friend that committed suicide, and I was walking with him from nine years old, 10, 11, 12, I think 13 or 14, and one day he looked at me and he said, this is, of course, after many miles of shooting baskets in his barn and, and different things. But I'll never forget this moment for the rest of my life. He had just got done testifying, actually, at a, 
at a Reformed Church conference. And we're driving back in the car and he looked at me and he said, if you ever talk about that Holy Spirit stuff, we're no longer friends. And I, I was offended, I was hurt, and guess what? I didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit, but we were no longer friends. He'd already made up his mind. He went to a church that gave him poison that said the gifts have gone, and it, we don't have to go there, but a seed was planted in him, and I don't, it just troubled me. The end result was about two years later, he took a shotgun in the cemetery and ended his life. So, I have studied hundreds of hours about the personal, precious person of the Holy Spirit. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, read Acts 19. There was believers that walked up to Paul and said, I haven't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. And they laid hands on them and they began to prophesy and speak in tongues. It's real. And it is literally the source of who we are, right? It's, it's, it's. My mom and dad, when they fell in the river about 1975, and all of us fell thereafter sometime, <laughs> we'll just never forget those times. Uh, a blizzard in 75, I believe, and we could walk on top of our house. That's how, how big the drifts were. I'm not joking. That was in South Dakota. And we spent dozens and dozens of hours in Acts and in the Word. And the result was a lifetime of understanding who the Holy Spirit is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for that winter, that snowstorm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep going. Conscience. I think this is uh, one of our serious devotionals. Conscience is the remains of God's image in man. The nearest approach to the divine in him, the guardian of God's honor amid the ruin of the fall. As the conscience, as a consequence, God's work of redemption must always begin with the conscience. I'll never forget, at nine years old, Sitting at a, at a fire, and my brother Steve, this is after a camp service, I'd heard the word, the Bible, and the gospel message, and I remember sitting there and tears flowing down my, and Steve grabbing my hand, and I said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Something was going on. I understood at nine years old, and then I remember specifically a time at 11 and a time at 15. Do you remember? Do you remember? Moments in which the Holy Spirit grabs you and tears. And, and, and if you've never cried, if you've never wept, if you've never felt remorse for sin, you need to get in, 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 in your closet and the Holy Spirit. You see, what's going on in this whole message is you fulfilling who you are by becoming born again of an incorruptible seed. 
and the master of your life will be the Holy Spirit and the voice will be your conscience. And everybody said, you're awful quiet. <laughs> Let's keep going here. This is good stuff. Next. For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And then, of course, in a moment it says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, and so the Holy of Holies is that place where your conscience and your spirit reside. I think sometimes, see, when I'm looking at you, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at your tent and you don't look near as bad as that tree, I'm telling you. You look much better than that tree. You might have a few holes, you might have a few flaws, but what I'm looking at is your body, but the real you is that spirit down there. And I know everybody knows this teaching, but we have to remind ourselves, we have to live and move and have our being in him by out of our spirit, out of our spirit. And all the people said, let's keep going. Let's keep going. If we keep going, I might even get done. Preaching really quick. Conscience plus the blood of Jesus. And everybody said, oh. The blood of Jesus has never lost its power. We're going to hear the word sprinkled. And I think the, the connotation of sprinkled, if you go into Hebrews, it's, it's well, how come it's not a flood? I thought, I thought Jesus' blood poured. Well, it probably did. It poured into all of generations. But every time I think about Holy Communion and every time I think about that drop, and just the power in the blood, not, not the power in this pouring blood, just one drop. Come on, say it with me. If I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive my sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. If I walk in the light as he is in, come on, in the light, we have fellowship one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. You look, you point your crooked finger straight in the devil's face and you say, I am forgiven. How about let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. I am forgiven. <laughs> I am. And do you know what keeps you? That funk that was on you that day last week or last month or something that's going on, you just got to get up and you get moving and in the name of Jesus, you, you take the blood of Jesus and you say, man, I really look as bad as that ugly tree with the hole in it. But you have cleansed me and all of a sudden, whew, it unfolds my ability to produce fruit. Hallelujah. I have two apple trees in my backyard. Quick story. Um, the one, it was seven years, something like that, we planted. The one has produced 60, 80, 100 apples every year. 
and right next to it, six feet from the tree, is this tree we planted the same time it has produced in six years one apple. And I keep going up to it and going, you're a good tree. I feel good tree. You're a good tree. You can do it. I'm going to get some cow manure on you next year, doggone it, and some whatever that other stuff is, potash or whatever. Anyway, I'm going to try hard and keep on feeding it the right stuff. Anyway, I digress. Okay, let's keep going here. Let's keep going. It becomes so when conscious joins with the power of Jesus' blood. Yeah, I missed that. Uh, the power of his blood, it's just something that will never get old. We gotta sing. Oh, the blood, come on, of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. <laughs> wow, when you get up and you, you open up the word and you say, thank you for your blood, Lord. Oh, it just begins your day. Let's keep going here. Thank you, Lord. Conscience plus assurance of his presence. The conscience is the seat of faith. Can I tell you what I have, the, the two messages I had today, the other one that I passed on was called The Faith in Purity. And I've been writing a book for about five years. I don't know how mo most people write a book, but it just is not ready. It's just, I, I'm refining it because I'm refining me. But God gave me a phrase and it's called the faith in purity. What do you mean? I mean, when I find myself in doubt and fear and unbelief, I found out that my motives, my conscience, my attitude, my thoughts, and who I am is wrong. At least three times, maybe four in the last 10 years, uh, I'll give you one example. This is a good example of what I'm talking about. I had a guy with an organization that we're a part of, and I didn't like him. He's an evangelist. I had no reason not to like him. And so I would go into a meeting, and I would go, yeah, I, don't, I don't like him. Where did that come from? And then he'd get up and preach. I don't, I don't like him. And I'd walk away. And then, anyway, the end of the story. A couple years later, I was in a meeting, and God says, take a $100 bill out of your pocket, and I want you to walk up to him and say, I love you, and I love your ministry. Here you go. I want to give you this. And so what was going on was, so what, what did he do? You understand, don't you? It was a wrong Filthy hole in my trunk. And God said, change it. Change it right now. 
And so I, when I walked up there and I was clenching onto this, it was just money. But what happened in the moment I knelt down and I said, I'd like to pray for you and I'd like to give this to you. And I began to pray and tears came down from my eyes. And guess what? I like him now. <laughs> I love his ministry and once in a while we get the chance to support him. Um, what was going on? My conscience. Anyway, you understand. What I, what I did the seat of my faith was hindered when I was around this man. Why? Because of my own fat, stinking attitude. And it had to change. So attitudes and actions, and when Pastor Steve comes back and Pastor Dean and, and Gus, and Gus the tornado slayer. Oh, I heard the story. Did anybody hear the story? To ask him about being in the middle of a tornado a couple weeks ago. We won't go there. Anyway, when they come back, Pastor Steve wants to find faith in you, what's ever going on in your life, and whatever vision that they begin to cast in this place, you need to be on the forefront, and your faith needs to be there so you can go forth, and all the people in this area will come to know the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and everybody said, <laughs> let's keep going. Here we go. 1 Timothy 1, 5 and 19. Now the purpose of the command is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. <laughs> is that good? I'm going to read that again. How about that? Let's read it together. Now the purpose of the command is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected. What is your problem? It's in your conscience. It's not sensitive. Uh, the, the Bible says, is it 1 Corinthians 8? It's seared like with a hot iron. And if yours is, I'm going to give ample time today for us to pray and come before the throne and ask Father that our conscience would become sensitive again, really sensitive. I love that story about my friend who I didn't like. I, there was zero reason. Where did that thing come from? I, you understand me, don't you? We have to nip it. God has had me do that more times. I look at my wife and says, I don't like that person. Okay, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because what it does, you understand. Let's keep going. Concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck of whom are, oh yeah, okay, this is the, the second part of that verse, who are Hymenaeus and Alexandria, whom I have delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Let's just go on. Don't have time to get into this one. Holding faith and a good conscience which some have, have thrust from them have made shipwreck of the faith. So there's another metaphor. You are in a ship 
or our metaphor of the day is a tree. You are a tree. Don't give me some excuse that I have a hole in my trunk. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, you still have a spirit that is alive. I don't care if you don't have any arms or any legs or if you're sick or something is going on. And, and what about? In fact, let's pray right now for Susan Steinhorst. I've been praying for her the last four days. Let's lift her up right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for our dear sister. In Jesus' name, we stand in faith. Cancer, you must die. You have no more place in her body. We thank you for it. We stand and we agree and we will not give up. We will not give up. We will not give up. We thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, don't get shipwrecked. Don't start making excuses. God has a plan. And it starts right here. We've had the best prayer times in our marriage the last four or five years. Together, individually. Ministry is the funnest that I've ever, ever experienced. And it has to do with some of my stories. I don't care that I please man. I, it just doesn't matter to me. Afterwards, I love your sermon. I hated your sermon. It's, it doesn't matter. Because if I answer to you, it's a problem. If I answer to him and I answer to this, this wonderful thing that God has put on the inside of my heart, then I'm going to have joy and peace. Yesterday I was meditating and, he, and the Lord gave me this. Peace is nothing broken. Nothing broken in you. See how peace and your conscience are tied? Do you have peace that passes understanding? In other words, when you have peace, you're not going to go, oh, peace, peace. Nope. You'll go, peace. Because, because of his blood, because of his presence, because of his truth from his word, I am not broken. But you got a big hole in your trunk. You got a big hole there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I still have fruit on my tree because God has, has made me one with him. Hallelujah. Keep going. Beloved, our hearts condemn us not. If our hearts condemn us not, we have boldness towards God because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing to him. 1 John uh, 3. If our what does not condemn us? Our, if, if, if we have peace, if we have joy, I didn't say you have to be happy. I said, you need joy. The absence of doubt, fear, and heaviness. Put on the garment of praise. 
for the spirit of heaviness. But you gotta put it on. You have to focus in on your conscience, your spirit. You have to. And furthermore, I say this over and over, you have a gift that you have not used yet or developed. You've seen a couple of my books and stuff. There's a hundred of them that I've written down and only a few of them. Songs that I've sung, I've, I've wrote many, many songs. Very few of them are for public. They're for me so that I can get strong. I can become someone who, who listens to my spirit. Let's keep going. Concerning uh, oh, conscience plus humility. Go ahead and say, ouch. <laughs> we must bow very low under the reproofs of conscience. And how is this blessed life to be attained? Keep going. Romans eight thirteen. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. God, in the name of Jesus, allow us, allow us to know and understand what you have done for us. Jesus, I, know, I think you get the point. Let's keep moving on here. Philippians 2, humility, humility, meekness. Have you defined them really well? Humility, how about meekness? Yielding up your rights. How do I get peace? I yield up my rights. How do I get joy? I yield up my rights. How do I become love? I yield up my rights. That's what meekness is. Let nothing be done through selfishness, ambition, or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let's read this together. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Keep going. Let's keep reading. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. Oh, that's a great scripture. Let's keep going. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. Therefore God has exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Hallelujah. Okay, let's keep going. I'm just about ready to wrap up here. Next slide. Conscience plus being set apart. In his work, the Holy Spirit does not create new faculties. He renews and sanctifies those that are already existing. He takes what you have and he makes you new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. In Christ, I become a new creature. The old is passed away. Behold, all things are new. 
Next, next slide. Conscience is the work of the Spirit of God, the Creator. The first care of the Spirit of God, the Redeemer, is to restore what sin has defiled. Keep going. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification, 1 Thessalonians 4. This is God's will, being set apart, being different, and it happens right out of here. Amen? And let's, I think the last slide, come, conscience plus confession. Let's keep going. To the pure, all things are pure. One more slide. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Let's end right there today. You can go on and on and on. The study, you can do your own study, but this is the one I wanted to end on today. Would you stand with me? Thank you, Father. It's evident to me that you got the message. I know you understand. By the way, I just count it such an honor to be here. And it's such an honor to be able to break the word of God to you. But let's set up a little bit of a throne right now. And if you, if you want to raise your hands to the Lord. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we just maybe put your hand on your stomach. <laughs> That's where it comes from. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you right now that you would come by your presence and that we would be aware like never before of our conscience. In fact, let's just lift up our voice. Let me just do a, just a prayer of confession. Everybody say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Before and after sin. I don't know how you did it with your blood. But you have done it. And I ask one drop. I receive your blood. To change my life. That I might fulfill my call. In my life. You Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Let me be aware of my conscience, the voice of your Spirit. Let me do whatever you will in my life. I repent of sin, and I go your way in Jesus' precious name. I will not give up on our country. I said, I will not give up on our country. I will not give up on my grandkids or my children or someone I have doubt about. I will go and make right someone I have something against. In Jesus' name, I will make it right with a $50 bill. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me understand that you want peace, joy, and love to change my life. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus.
Thank you for it in the name of Jesus. How about this one? Uh, before you start playing music, just this one for mom. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. <laughs> Sweep over my spirit forever. I pray in fathomless billows of love. Far away in the depth of my spirit tonight. Far away in the depth of my spirit tonight. Flows a melody sweeter than song. Flows a melody sweeter then song in celestial-like train, it unceasingly falls. In celestial-like train, it unceasingly falls. Oh, my soul, like an infinite calm. Oh, my soul, like an infinite calm. And peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. I think there's a taco salad, right? Come. Do I, anything else, Andrew? That good? That's good. Taco salad. Come and eat with us. God bless. <laughs>